0: Well welcome to the journey. Uh, my name is Kevin Polkey, and I am the host of the journey and today we have a special guest the first time to the journey uh Shannon uh, uh I'm going to I'm going to massacre your name you just told me C- Cremens Kerminz. Kerminz, okay, sorry about that, and and nice. Shannon is, um, she is the assistant principal at the junior and senior high high school of in Oregon, Illinois, and um, we've got to meet, uh, actually it goes back probably a couple years ago, we first started this, try to do this project, and now we are just a couple weeks out of when I get to come down to Oregon and, and speak with um your staff as well as your students and and their parents so I am excited about that opportunity um, on February 20th and 21st and so uh, again thank you and thank you for being on the journey and so 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 Shannon tell us a little bit uh where where are you are you from this area or are you um or yeah where did you grow up when you when you when you were growing up where did you grow up
1: yeah, so I actually grew up in an extremely small community about 30 minutes south of the Quad Cities, so Moline, Rock Island, Illinois. Um, I was in a graduating class of 37 students, and as in many small rural schools, you're incredibly involved and invested in your educational journey, um, and really that kind of led me into wanting to be a part of the education field. Um, so I ended up starting my college career at Monmouth College, um, which was about 35 minutes from home and uh, actually finished with an elementary education degree. So um, I have ironically never used that specific degree because I went directly into my master's in school counseling following that. um, All in the Quad Cities area. So I'm in my 13th year here in the Oregon School District. I have fallen in love with North Central Illinois. It's a incredibly beautiful place Um, and I am very proud to be a part of the Oregon community.
0: Awesome. Are you Um, and I and I just can imagine that Oregon uh, has definitely appreciated your uh, contribution to not only to the students, but also to the community. It's amazing when we've been here long enough that when you started, someone may have been in first or second grade or or kindergarten. And now they're, you know, just finishing up. And uh, that's a pretty amazing uh, opportunity. So it sounds like you started off as a school counselor. I did. And, th- and then went into administration. Tell us a little bit about that, that part of the journey.
1: Yeah. So I've just been someone who loves learning and I'm, I'm still on that educational journey for myself. Um, I doubt I will end my career in the same spot I am today. Um, and I've just been kind of following a path that um, I really feel is where I can be best service to the community that I serve. Um, I served as a director of counseling when I was first introduced to the Oregon community, and it's funny you mentioned that because students that I had in my first five years as a director of counseling are now married and having their own children, and many of them are still in our community, so it's been incredibly rewarding um, to see them grow into to young adults um, I then had, when I moved to Oregon, pursued my administration degree, um, just feeling driven to have more of a leadership role. Um, so I have a background as a dean of students as well, well here in the district, and now as an assistant principal. Um, I also took a little side journey um, where I completed a restorative justice certificate through the Loyola University School of Law and Education. Um, so I just am really passionate in like the intertwining of how. Um, mental health and trauma informed um, schools tie into administration and and the sometimes not so fun things I do, such as addressing student discipline issues.
0: Sure. So, so for the audience, if you could maybe explain uh, restorative justice, if and I know that's probably there's a lot of complexities probably to it, but if you were just going to get kind of an overall summary, what is the intention of restorative justice? What how would you do, how would you kind of share that?
1: Yeah, I think I would describe it as either an alternative or um, a side-by-side opportunity for students um, that when something goes wrong and they they make a poor choice, which teenagers do frequently, we know that, um, the the consequence might not look as punitive as maybe when we were younger and in school. Um, Maybe it isn't a detention, it's going and helping that custodian clean up the cafeteria the next day to understand that role and how them throwing food negatively impacted another human. Maybe it's working out an argument with a peer in the hallway instead of assigning a suspension. Um, so we have a lot of different opportunities to be creative but really the idea is restoring a relationship that was harmed in some way. Um, So we've really valued that opportunity and sometimes it's in replace of a punitive consequence and sometimes it goes alongside that um, just to really help support that growth of that student. It,
0: it is interesting. And and I have uh, a similar, a little bit different, but similar that I, <clears throat> when I was at, uh, when I came back from, uh, for graduate school, when I came back to the school district that I graduated from, and it's very much uh, an enclosed, uh, uh, a closed community. I mean, it is, it is, you know, essentially two two towns uh two cities that uh make the the bulk of the district it's harlem school district and uh and a lot of individuals that that i remember working with in the you know either through special ed or through coaching they then you know stayed within the community and and so i still i see them out in the community now and um it, it is a pretty amazing um when you get to see um some of those seeds that you plant actually, uh, you know, 15, 20 years later, how they have, have they grown and, and how they've influenced them.
1: Yeah. I have learned that every now and then I'll get really lucky and hear, hear a success story, but I also know that a lot of the things I do, I might not see that outcome or hear from them directly, but um, just knowing that you've done something that hopefully will positively help that student, project into their life and be productive and responsible citizens after us you know it's it's a it's a good feeling and a and a incredible career to be a part of
0: you know i remember when i was at at harlem and working as a a, a crisis intervention so, social worker and so i would then and i worked primarily with the self contained behavior disorder students and so we helped develop a program um, for them specifically and so we were doing there wasn't a term called restorative justice at that time. But I was asked and, and my and my partner was asked on a regular basis for us to give alternative um, consequences for for some of the choices because we knew that we had to play the long game. We had to we had to work with these students to help them uh recognize how to make different choices. Um, not just because, not just out of compliance, but more out of a value shift or a perspective shift. And so um, we didn't, we didn't know that later it'd be called restorative justice. Um, <laughs> I think we were just doing it straight out of survival. <laughs> but um, but it was that it was that intent that that how do we help these students? It's it's not just get through this time period. It's you know we want these students to recalibrate and make different choices so that they eventually could graduate. And because to the point that we're talking about, we're, they're going to grow up. We're going to see them again. They're they going to come back and, and how we interact with them when they're in fifth grade or eighth grade or 11th grade, how we interact with them, they'll remember more than we'll probably remember. And so <laughs> if we treat them with a, uh, with fairness and some kindness uh even if that means uh setting some pretty strong uh or boundaries uh, because sometimes we need that in our life we, you know, we 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 don't always need to be told yes uh sometimes we need to be told no and what we need to do so that we can get to the yes <laughs> so uh,
1: yeah i i love that example and i think to the idea you mentioned fairness and i think in education we've kind of gotten to this point of understanding that what is equal isn't always fair. And and certain students need different avenues to have that opportunity to grow. And we know their brains are not quite developed yet, and they're going to make poor choices. So we have a little bit of flexibility in how we can support each student for what they need. And I also love you talked about, you know, them returning to the community. We know a lot of times, um, not only are students perhaps have had an educational um, upbringing, sometimes good, sometimes bad, but you have to reflect on that with families, too. Um, For some of our families, they they didn't have a supportive person in school or didn't have a great experience. So it's almost how do you approach the families as well to help them feel supported and included um, and really involved in this process?
0: Yeah, no, I 100% agree because the student may may or may not recover from the situation, but if the parents who are upset because they feel like their student has been treated unfairly, or uh, they they may they may hang on to that, um, well until something changes, right? And so, because it may very much replicate what they experienced, and mm-hmm. and we I know for in my in my history I've seen that happen where generationally families have had uh, problems with school. So even before, uh, as soon as something starts happening in elementary school or middle school, that it, it triggers all their experience as well. And here we go again type of, and uh, and so I think it is super important of, of what, what you've been doing, some of the initiatives that you've been talking about doing. And I know we're gonna get into that in a moment, um, but uh, just to be able to make sure we play the long game. But I'm doing family counseling I remind the parents <clears throat> with their middle schooler or their grade schooler. I remind the parents that in 15 years, you'll be sitting at Thanksgiving, and that will be an adult sitting across from you. You may want to be aware of how you're interacting with them because they'll remember the story and probably bring it up at Thanksgiving. So,
1: yes, that's a great example. <laughs>
0: So um so Shannon, I know we had this event coming on uh in, in a couple of weeks and and you had reached out to me and wanted to bring in some topics of mental health into uh for your students and your staff as well as for the community as a whole. And so maybe tell us a little bit uh about what from your perspective, what are you seeing regarding mental health uh in in the in the Oregon greater Oregon area. um, What, what are you, what have you been observing?
1: Yeah. And I don't think this is a phenomenon to Oregon by any means. I, I know there's a ton of um, there's articles and research out there showing, especially post COVID era, considering if we're out of it, um, that students are, they're just struggling more now with mental health than they ever have been. Um, I think if I reflect on our community specifically, um, now, compared to five or maybe even 10 years ago, um, just our number of students that are needing outplacement assistance with mental health has, by all means, doubled and perhaps tripled. And I know that that matches much of the statistics across our country. Um, for whatever reason, whether it is tied to the pandemic, whether it is tied to just how our community is changing, um, I believe, and I know this is part of the parent topic that we will um, cover in our community, but I know that social media and just how students interact um, virtually likely has a role in that. So we're just trying to find ways when we hear parents ask for help and students needing help, how can we support our community in a way that provides them with some Education and some real concrete things they can take away um, to support their children.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, when you and I spent some time talking about what we were going to be rolling out, you know, for each one of those age groups, right? It, you know, it was I, I, I really appreciated your intention about, you know, how we were going to do some different talks for, for each, for each age group. And I think, you know, when a, when a community, when a district commits to, you know, educating all like at Shatter Our Silence, we talk about the educating um, all three major groups, the young adults themselves, the students, the significant others, um, parents, aunts, uncles, grandparents, whatever it may be. And then the professionals that work with them. And if we get a similar message to everybody um, that because we we know that it's going to take all the community to be able to make a difference um even for that one person because there's nothing worse um than to go to a funeral of a young person and um and, and especially if that is a result of a of a traumatic uh traumatic death such as suicide and so um so I know that you know we're going to be working with the high schoolers um and we're going to be talking about uh the impact of young adult suicide and what we can do about that. And um, knowing that uh, with our research that we've done, we know that students are most likely to go to each other um, before they reach out to an adult in their life. And it's really going to be focused as much on the at-risk student as it is for the the peers or friends of that student that may be at risk in, in that particular talk and then for the fourth through eighth graders, we're gonna we're gonna modify it a little bit, and we're gonna talk about how to start planting seeds. That obstacles, um, setbacks that they're gonna have is part of the growing experience, part of the growth experience, part of the development experience. So, just because math is hard right now, instead of avoiding math. Um, not saying that I did that in school, um, <laughs> that, that just just because something's difficult doesn't mean it needs to go away. We, ne- we may just need to double down and figure out how that I can go through this obstacle instead of avoiding it, going around it, hoping someone takes it away. And so that one's going to be really talking about uh, uh, the development of resiliency. Um, And and then we're going to do a modified version of of those talks for the staff. (laughs) And then, uh, and then Wednesday night, we're going to be uh, meeting with the community and the significant others. And that's the one that I know we talked about and you alluded to it earlier is um, the the surgeon general, the U S surgeon general um, declared in 2023 that our youth and are in, are in a mental health crisis. And he specifically pointed to, pointed to the impact of, uh, social media and screen time. And so at that, that evening, I'll, I'll talk about, uh, not only the research regarding that and the impact neurologically and socially and social emotionally. Um, and then just the heart, the difficulty of parenting during this time period. And I have some strategies for parents to potentially utilize, um, to, to, to have some framework. So we're going to be talking about all three of those different topics, um, uh, for our different, uh, our, our different populations. So, uh, so
1: we're, we're incredibly excited about this. Um, we've been fortunate that we have not had a tragedy, um, in our, in our school system for a few years, um, especially at the junior, senior high level. Um, that hasn't always been the case in my tenure here, so I think we've really promoted a "see something, say something" attitude with students, and that's not just related to school safety; that's also related to student safety. And the the number of students that come in and report their peers are facing a mental health crisis at the time. Like we are so proud of them, and it, it happens frequently, but we we worry that 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 isn't going to catch everyone. So we are. Um, really looking forward to that um, high school presentation to make sure um, students have that reinforcement on what they can do. Um, I know at that level, they keep a lot in and take a lot of that pressure on themselves um, to like be the caretaker for their, their peers and their friends. And um, we really want to help them know how to reach out for support. And then, and again, at that, that lower level, just kind of tearing that back for what we thought might be age um, appropriate and beneficial for those students. So hopefully when, as they grow older and face challenges, we know they will, it will be an incredible opportunity for them to just learn about that resilience piece that that I feel like we, we have a gap in how we, we teach that. Um, additionally, the parent piece is gonna be Huge. That is probably, I feel like, more a part of my job now um, than five years ago, where we're trying to give feedback to families, especially as it relates to social media and, and how to monitor or block this person or how to um, promote safety. Uh, so I I am incredibly excited to provide that to our families because that seems to be a topic as it ties into mental health that we probably hear most frequently um, as concerns. So I know our community is looking forward to it as well. We have a lot of families who've already reserved their seat. So we are looking forward to that event in a few weeks.
0: You know, and I think I know from a, as a parent and, and my, you know, my children are not children anymore. They are, you know, uh, almost 28 and 25 years old. And, and I know even then, you know, 20, 20 years ago, you know, thinking about, the, the internalization of of not wanting my my son to struggle or not wanting my daughter to struggle and and wanting to be able to assist them thinking that you know I wanted to be able to somehow uh be that you know, I wanted to be a good parent and I and I and I wanted to be uh, have a relationship with them and and those types of things and and now looking back of of what things should, if I knew what I knew today, and, and maybe with the help that I know that they would be who they are today at 25 and 28, which you didn't know when they were five and eight, um, that everything was going to be okay and they were going to be, you know, successful in the thing, the the the, the path that they've chosen. Um I think I may have made some different decisions. I did made I did the best I could at the time with the information that I had, but um today I'm able to step back and look and and recognize that the struggle that they may have had over a certain thing is just part of the learning experience, and it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to fret over it or I need to somehow come in and modify it. That uh, it's actually the struggle that helps the growth happen. And um,
1: yeah, I think I think you nailed it there. Our parents are, are incredible, and they do the absolute best they can, and our community as well. That. Um, support students in different youth groups and activities so we've we've put this out in the community as a community event um everyone is just looking for information to help them grow and um, know how to best address this topic
0: and so with that I I think you know ultimately you know I think as a when I do presentations in these workshops I think okay if I was in the audience what would, what would allow me to take something away, right? And and I think sometimes it's just new information. Sometimes it's information that's being reinforced that I already knew, but sometimes it's a story that then somehow internalize, I internalize that and gives me permission to maybe do something similar and or 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 modify it or or go nope <laughs> i'm not doing what kevin just said i want to do the opposite you know or whatever it may be but i i think really that is the intent not only for our parents but then also for for our, for the staff as well as the students to to you know raise some raise some awareness so that we can have a conversation about it and so we'll be talking about what are those what are the factors that lead to someone to have a predisposition to be in that dark place and and what are some of those things and so we're going to talk about for the high schoolers talk about some topics that that just by talking about it may give someone who who's experienced something some type of traumatic event give them permission to talk about it and that's that's the main thing of how do we shatter all of our silence around these factors absolutely so, well, Shannon, I I very much have, have enjoyed our conversations and, and, you know, preparing for uh, the events coming up here soon. And, um and then the work that we've attempted to do in the past, and then the pandemic kind of disrupted that. And uh, so, so it's uh, at least we were able to now get it get it set up a few years later. But um, I'm looking forward to being with you. And thank you so much for what you're doing for your community, as well as willing to come on and talk a little bit about today.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much.
0: So Shannon, if if someone wanted to get a hold of you, either another school district or um or or a parent or whoever, what's the best way for someone to get a hold of
1: you? Um email is probably the easiest, but you can also call our school district, which is 815-732-5300, and my direct extension is 1115.
0: And if you don't mind sharing your email address, if someone thought that that was the best way.
1: Yeah, I, I will do that. I, I have a weird last name, so I apologize in advance, but it is S-C-R-E-M-E-E-N-S at O-C-U-S-D.net. And you can also find that on our website, which is www.ocusd.net.
0: Perfect. Well, Shannon, thank you so much for being, uh, being with us today. And again, I look forward to being with you in a couple of weeks. So
1: that sounds great.
0: So, uh, for anyone who's listening, either if you are uh, a parent and you would like to, uh, Bring to the school what uh, what the Oregon school district is bringing to their community. um, Definitely reach out. We can do that. Reach out to Shannon. um, Ask her how it goes in a couple of weeks and and we'll see. Hopefully it'll all be successful. But uh, but if you know someone that may be struggling or a community that may be struggling, um, the best thing that we can do is have conversation about it and talk about it. And what can we do uh, to make a difference and be a light in that darkness? As always, thank you for being with us, and I look forward to being with you next week.